Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We are live on the postcast following the Timberwolves loss to the Chicago Bulls. Marty Gellner from Bally Sports North joins the show to break down the game. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. I'm joined by Marnie Gellner from Valley Sports North. We're going to talk about the Wolves' loss to the Bulls on Friday night. And Marnie, this was a tough one in a lot of ways. Anthony Edwards sprains his ankle early in the game in the first quarter. Tim Wolves managed to hold a lead for much of the game on the road against the Bulls. And then ultimately they lose in double overtime. Yeah, we have probably have to take those topics separately because the ant sprained ankle is obviously significant. We don't know the extent of it. We don't know if it's a, your standard garden variety sprained ankle, if it's a high sprained ankle. But uh, losing that man is not good right now. And the Wolves, of course, play tomorrow night and then they play on Monday night. It's three games in four days. And uh, I would be shocked if Anthony Edwards plays in any of those, at least on this trip. So that's, that is uh, bullet point number one. That is concern number one. Concern for me outside of that in this game, my biggest frustration was that the Wolves had a chance to win the game in regulation and they had a chance to win the game in the first overtime. And in neither case, when there was plenty of time, in neither case did they get off any kind of a respectable shot. I thought. I get Jaden McDaniels got kind of a contested two, but he had Vucevic just flailing on his left side, and I thought he could have driven right, and neither time did they either make attempt to go to the basket. It just was so frustrating because that was it. That was your opportunity to win the game, and you got it twice and couldn't take advantage of it. So that was my biggest frustration in this one was those two particular possessions. Yeah, no, I agree. And and to set up I mean, the end of regulation, the Wolves were actually, they were up by two uh, with under a minute to play. Patrick Beverly travels on the on, on the Bulls' offensive possession. Gobert gets fouled with the Wolves up by two. This at the end of regulation. He misses both free throws. And then the Bulls get the eight-second violation. They don't get across the timeline in eight seconds. Yeah. So the Wolves have the ball again up two. This is after the Gobert missed free throw. So if he makes those, they're up four. He misses them. They're still up two. Now they've got the ball with 46 seconds left. And they Conley ended up taking a really tough three-pointer. They used the whole shot clock, as they should have, but didn't get off a good shot. And then... DeMar DeRozan beat Kyle Anderson off the dribble pretty easily to tie the game. And then that's when Kyle Anderson, after the timeout, double dribbled. The Wolves were unable to get a shot off like you alluded to um, entirely at the end of regulation. That was that was the first issue. Then at the end of the first overtime, you mentioned the McDaniels shot. I mean, that was that was after uh, Conley hit a three. Gobert fouls out on a tough call. Uh, McDaniels hits a big shot with about 42 seconds left in the first overtime. Nas gets the block on Zach Levine. The Wolves have the ball coming back the other way with 20 seconds left. Essentially playing keep away. I think there was a little bit of a differential, so the, not much. So I think the Bulls were probably trying to get a steal and not foul. Sure enough, Torian Prince throws the ball away. The Bulls get it going back the other way and uh, get a, a layup in transition. So, yeah, I mean, the Wolves not only had the ball with a chance to win, 
in a tie game at the end of both regulation and the first overtime, but they had a lead with an exchange with a chance to extend it with about 30 seconds to play in both situations and kind of kicked it away uh, in, in both, both instances. And you don't often get two opportunities like that with a full 20 seconds left on the clock. And I think the overtime was 13 seconds, like out of a timeout, everything is calm. We've had a chance to regroup. Here's what we're doing. We have the ball at half court. Like we've advanced the basketball and it's tied. It's not like if you miss the shot, you lose. You are in the driver's seat in those situations. And I was just frustrated that nobody even went into the paint, you know, just try to get someone to follow you, get to the free throw line, make one and you win the game, essentially, depending on how much time is left on the clock. But the Wolves just couldn't do it. And that is where if Anthony Edwards is on the court, it's a totally different story, but he wasn't. And so this is where we are now. Yeah. in in terms of uh, like who played well, and, and I want to get back to the Ant thing, I guess here in a minute, but, but in terms of who played well in his absence, we have to talk about Jade McDaniels. I mean, he was relatively quiet early in the game, but solid. And, and I thought pretty good defensively as he usually is. But down the stretch, he hit some big shots. He had a couple of big threes late in regulation when the game was very close, kind of back and forth, and the Wolves were trying to keep pace with the Bulls. And then he had that big floater in overtime as well. Um, He finished with 25 points on 7 of 15 shooting and made four threes in this game. Got to the line eight times, which is a lot for Jaden McDaniels. Six rebounds, four assists, um, only one turnover for Jaden. Played in as three Wolves players that played 45 or more minutes. McDaniels played 45. For him to also not be in foul trouble was impressive too given the caliber of players he was right, guarding yeah. and the way that he plays. Uh, but a really good Jaden McDaniels game overall and and like the 10,000 foot view here is like no Carl Anthony Towns, no Anthony Edwards obviously no D'Angelo Russell like weirdly you know you start the year with man how who's going to score and then Gobert fouls out right so you get into the second overtime who scores and the Wolves were relying on Kyle Anderson essentially in isolation at the end of the at the end of regulation to try and get a basket um, and that's kind of where they were at and then it was kind of up to Jade McDaniels he ends up tying for the team lead in field goal attempts in this game because they didn't really have anywhere else to turn and I thought in general McDaniels played really well this week. I agree with that and I thought it was just a good sign to see his aggressiveness and his willingness to take on the offensive role because sometimes he hangs his hat on his defense and if his offense comes along, it's kind of a bonus. So when he uh, kind of um, steps forward in the the more aggressive offensive role when it was needed, I just thought that was a, that was very conscious on Jaden's part and a really good to see that he has that capability to hopefully be able to fill his portion. However long Ant is out Jaden had 25 tonight. That's a career high. His previous career high was 24. So he nipped it by one in a double overtime game when, uh, I mean, the team really needed him and he was there. So there's hopefully somebody we can count on for some offense for however long Edwards is going to miss. Yeah. Um, and I mean, He's like the Wolves are going to give him the ball more frequently. He's going to have plenty more opportunities. Um, Mike Conley, we should also talk about his play, especially early in this game. He was huge. He had uh, he finished with 28. He had 20. He was stuck on 20 for a little while, but he made eight threes in this game. Twelve of his 14 shot attempts were threes. Eight of 12 outside the arc. Six assists to only one turnover for Mike Conley. Five rebounds, three steals. 46 minutes. I didn't look this up, but I, I'd be willing to bet he hasn't played 40 plus minutes in a really long time. 
Um, but just a really steady hand. It was almost like Memphis Mike Conley in terms of how how frequently he was, you know, getting the opportunity to shoot the ball. Not like, not like they were running things for Mike Conley, but because the Bulls were overloading on everybody else, Conley kept getting open threes. They were leaving him open, and he's a really good catch and shoot three point shooter. But a really an important game from Conley when the Wolves needed him most, and probably his his most well rounded or, or I guess best offensive game certainly in a Timberwolves uniform. Yeah, the, the, a career high in, in threes. He's never hit eight before. He's hit seven a handful of times. So he had tied the, his three-point career record, and he was kind of sitting on it for a while, and then boom, came number eight. But I felt like he was – it wasn't forceful at all. We kind of showed a montage of highlights of Mike Conley hitting threes, and they were very fluid. They were very uh, wherever Chicago isn't. Mike Conley was so I mean that's pretty much the definition of get, taking what the defense gives you and that's what Conley was doing and he just happened to be in that groove so he kept firing it was really really good to see and I just love watching this man because he absolutely fascinates me with his left-handed three-point shot yet when he can get into the lane and get a floater he, he shoots it with his right hand and I just think that is such a weapon and it's um it's mind-boggling for those of us who can't do both. And I just think he really had a nice game. And he, his presence and his control and all of that was just spot on. And the shot-making was, especially from three, just really good tonight. Another Timberwolves player who had a, a who had a good game, I thought, was, uh, well, Kyle Anderson had a triple-double. I mean, he was asked to do a lot towards the end of the game and, you know, was... Uh, I don't know. He's he's been kind of a straw that serves the drink for the Wolves for a long time now, but they needed him to score and he shot just four of fourteen. But he still finished the triple double: eleven points, ten rebounds, twelve assists. Um, and then on the flip side, I mean, we saw some struggles from the Wolves bench. I mean, Nas Reed had a really rough first half. He had a good stint in the second half where he he had a, a few good plays in a row, and then after Gobert got or, or fouled out, I should say, in overtime. Um, Nas had a, a layup rim in and out that was like three quarters of the way down. That was with one and a half minutes left in the second overtime, and it would have tied the game. That was as close as the Wolves got down the stretch in that game, and, and quickly the Bulls went up five, which was their biggest lead in the game to that point near near the end of that second overtime. So Nas had a rough stretch there, some bad luck, a couple of rough possessions, and especially early in the game, I felt like he was a bit out of sorts. The bench as a whole for the Wolves shot only 15 of 39 in this game, which is 38.5%. Um, and in a game when Anthony Edwards played only eight minutes, went out with the injury in the first quarter, the Wolves needed their bench to show up. And, uh, you know, there were some good moments. Nikhil Alexander-Walker had a couple of good stints. Jordan McLaughlin played well in general. But for the most part, the efficiency was not there for the bench shooting under 39%. Yeah, and I've, uh, Torian Prince was part of that. He ended up starting the second yeah. half for Anthony Edwards. But he made that really tough pass that turned the ball over in the first overtime, if I'm remembering it correctly. TB just has not looked like himself in the last handful of games. He missed a couple of games for personal reasons, and then he just hasn't quite had the same effectiveness since he came back. Hopefully that'll click in pretty quickly because he might be the guy in the starting lineup. But you're right, on a night when the Wolves just needed more from their bench because not only their starter, but their leading scorer missed most of the game. Yeah, it just wasn't there. And you mentioned that one shot from Nas, that layup that looked like it was at least halfway down the net and it rattled out. I don't know physically 
how that thing did not go through. That was one of those, you you had to hold your head in your hands. But the Wolves in overtime went one of three in the paint. And in the second overtime went one for four in the paint. So I feel like we saw that shot or that type of shot multiple times in the most important moments. Like it just, it wouldn't go down for them. And Nas probably had the most memorable of those. Yeah, and the Wolves, I mean, they lost the paint battle. Uh, certainly the overtimes were a big factor in that, right? I mean, I think it was probably pretty close heading out of regulation, but they were a minus 10 in the paint against the Bulls. The Wolves were a, a plus three on the glass. They competed there, but it's not like the Bulls are world beaters on the glass necessarily. Um, but free throws, again, I did. I talked about this on the show the other day. The Wolves, it's been like since early February, and, and this was a few days ago, but I think it's still current. It, like since early February was the last time the Wolves shot better than 75% from the line in a game. And for the season, they're like 17th or 18th in the league. So they haven't been atrocious, but lately it's been an issue. And this was another game. I mean, you talk about a double overtime game. Yeah, they ended up losing by eight, but it went to two overtimes. And the Wolves missed 10 free throws in this one. The Bulls only missed four. So the Wolves actually attempted one more free throw than Chicago, but they made five fewer. They shot 67.7% from the line. The Bulls were 87% in this game. So free throws, uh, turnovers, like 15 is not a great number. It's not horrible for a two-overtime game. But the timeliness, um, or I guess lack thereof, of especially that Prince turnover, just a little bit of sloppiness and, and, of course, not normally the combination of guys you'd have on the floor, right? After Gobert files out, Edwards is hurt. Um, you had Nikhil Alexander-Walker playing overtime minutes. You had Torian Prince on the floor with the starters. It was just kind of a weird um, lineup at that point in the game. It was like Jade McDaniels and a bunch of vets with, you know, Alexander-Walker kind of mixed in. So certainly that can be partially to blame, but turnovers, missed free throws uh, in general. You know, the other night when the Wolves lost to, to Boston, it was just a lot of missed wide open shots. And then, of course, the adventures down the stretch from the officiating crew. But in this game, I think we can point to missed free throws. We can point to the the issues with the turnovers. And then obviously um, what ended up being a pretty thin lineup in overtime. A lot of those things add up. I mean, you don't you only need like one of those things to go your way to be able to leave there with a win. I know the final margin ended up being eight, but obviously it was tied after regulation. It was tied after the first overtime. So all you need is one of those factors to tilt your way or go out and grab it. Just make a difference somewhere. I mean, you're talking about free throws and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I felt so bad for him. He airballed the front end of two free throw shots and was right in front of the Bulls, Bulls bench and they're all clowning him a little bit. And to Nikhil's credit, he knocked down the second one. But um, to just those little things, and the free throwing has just been such an issue, especially in the month of March. And in these close games, they're just leaving a ton of points. And good teams just don't let that happen. And I really hope that this is not something that the, the Wolves find to be costly more than it already is. I mean, they dropped from the seven seed to the eight seed tonight. And I guess that's, that's not totally unrealistic, but man, those are those things that just have to be buttoned up. They have to be better. If you want any realistic shot of climbing out of the plane. Yeah. And, and currently right now, as we're recording this after the game, Dallas and the Lakers are playing each other. Dallas has a, an 11 point lead midway through the third quarter on the Lakers. If Dallas wins, They'll stay ahead of the Timberwolves by a full game. Of course, the Wolves, if they catch up to them, have the tiebreaker. The Lakers would stay a full game behind the Wolves. The Wolves also have that tiebreaker. If the Lakers win, 
then LA and the Wolves would be tied with the Mavericks. It would be a three-way tie, and actually the Wolves would have that tiebreaker. So if I'm doing this math correctly on the fly, the Wolves would actually technically be in the seventh seed by virtue of that tiebreaker. But the Wolves, Mavs, and Lakers would all have the exact same record. Um, and right now, it's like nobody wants to actually you know, take the bull by the horns and, and make a run at Golden State in the sixth spot or even L.A., the Clippers in the fifth spot. Um, but the Wolves also right now are only a game ahead of the Jazz, who are 11th and the first team out of the play-in as it stands in the Western Conference. So now, you know, losing four out of five, we're sitting here talking about like, hey, they've got to at least like the play-in's far from a given at this point. And now you look at this and injury. We don't know the extent of it, like you said. Uh, but it obviously seems extremely unlikely he plays Saturday, and it would be surprising at this point if he plays Monday. Uh, the Wolves, this schedule is not easy moving forward, right? I mean, they're at Toronto, which is, you know, uh, the Wolves beat the Raptors er- earlier this year, but it's a tough matchup. They've got long athletic defenders. The Wolves don't have, they don't have, you know, the scoring punch, presumably, of Ant. They obviously are, are down other guys as well. And then at the Knicks, who have been playing extremely well on Monday night as well. So a difficult stretch upcoming and a really important stretch as, as, the rest of the games all are at this point for the Wolves. And when you were talking about the standings there, Ben, I do think that it's important if you want to see the whole picture and you keep looking up and saying, oh, we're only a game out of six, we're only a game a half out of fifth, or whatever it happens to be on that particular day. You're right, that's true, but if you're going to look up, you better also look down because you're probably that exact same distance away from 10 or 11 or 12, depending on the day. I mean, it is that jam-packed. So you're right. It is not a given that the Wolves are in even 7-10. to 10. It's not a given. They've got to pick up some wins here along the way. And man, losing a double overtime game really stings even more when you realize that scenario. And who knows where we're headed with the Anthony Edwards injury? Who knows where we're headed with Carl Anthony Towns and his return? Does this change things? Does this move up the timeline at all? Are we going to see him regardless next week? Very soon? Don't know. What's it going to be like when he comes back? Also don't know that. It is going to be a wild 11. How about that? We're down to 11 games this season. Let's go. Wolves in Toronto Saturday night. We will not have the postcast on Saturday, but we'll be back Monday night after the Wolves-Knicks game um, after hopefully a good close to the weekend for the Wolves. And uh, again, Monday night after the Knicks game, we'll go live about 45 minutes or so following the game. That's a 6.30 central tip at the Knicks. And uh, we go live on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. And then you can also listen to the audio after the fact. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to Lockdown Wolves and the audio from all the live postcasts is posted there after we go live. A big thank you for watching tonight. A big thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.